Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. word with you guys and uh, I know the Holy Spirit is going to touch your ears so you can understand my southern accent and I will receive the right English words to express what is in my heart before I start everything there is one verse that always encourages me a lot and it's in song of songs the chapter 4 verse 9 says you have stolen my heart my sister my bride you have stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel in your necklace. Apparently, when we are able to focus in him, he has his day. <laughs> in other translations, it says, with one of, of your eyes. Just with one of your eyes. And it is hard to understand how much God loves us. But the truth is when you in your heart are able to just put everything, you know, aside and just look at him. For him it is like, wow, thank you. <laughs> it's like, wow, I'm so blessed. And uh, that's what is going on right here in this morning. That's what happened when you do your devotional and when you look for the Lord. Is when you look at him. And when you look at him, you really bless him. So let us start in what I want to share with you guys today. So I want to read first in Genesis chapter 2 verse 3. It says, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on, the, on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So let us just pray pretty quick. Father, thank you so much because your word never returns to you void because you always accomplish what you want to do because you are more than able and more than willing. So thank you for this opportunity, for these minutes we have today just to consider your word and let your word just change us and transform us according to your purpose. I just bless the hearts of my brothers and sisters, and I believe they are a good soil. And I believe your word is a perfect seed, Father, and it's going to give you just a beautiful harvest. The one you paid for, the one you deserve, Father. So let our hearts be just glad and thankful to you. And uh, again, just give me the words to express what is in your heart. And help me, Father, to distinguish what is pure from what is not. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. I want to start talking about physical healing because <clears throat> it is pretty clear in the Bible that our bodies really matters a lot for the Lord. He really cares for our bodies. He really create, created our bodies in such a unique way. 
and, and when he created our bodies, actually at the end he said, it was good and really good. Sometimes when you look at the mirror, you don't have the tendency to think the same thing that God thinks about you. And when that happens to me, because it happens a lot, and pretty often, more than I want to <laughs> admit, but it happens a lot, I know one of us is lying, as I told you before the last time. Or God is lying, or I am lying. And at the end, I know the answer to that dilemma. I know I am the one that needs to change the paradigm, that needs to change the heart, and start accepting what God says about our bodies. There are so many things that it has to do about our bodies that we really don't appreciate much. And we kind of have this, you know, fashion thing, this trend thing about it that we are not comfortable with sweating. We are not comfortable with being Hermes or we are not comfortable with not having the type of body that it used to or should be, you know, like the norm. But the thing is that God made you and made me and he made us perfect. Yes, he did. He did. Of course, sin entered and made a mess. But we need to understand that sin is not longer a problem for God. One day we need to really realize that he dealt with sin in the cross and it's no longer, it's no longer a fact. It's no longer so you can start saying to yourself, it's like, come on, get rid of it. <laughs> come, just get over it. <laughs> Sometimes we give so much importance to our sins and to our thoughts and troubles, our daily crisis, you know. And Jesus is there just waiting for us, saying like, get over it. Get over it. Tato, you are not as big to be a problem for me. I already paid for you, you know. And the thing is that I have this stealing problem inside of me I have these grievances and these things that I really like to steal all the time out of him I love to steal my old man out of him he already paid for it it's his but daily you know in the daily basis we love to go there and take it again and think that that's our reality and it's no longer a reality we need to arrive to a point in which we are going to be okay with the fact that we are a new creation and you start to understand that new creation. I think that was a really good point. Thanks for your appreciation. But I believe that's, at least that's my problem, you know. When I consider all the problems that I'm having in, in, in the daily basis, all the different challenges, I always arrive to the same point. One day I will have to understand I am a new creation. And when I start walking in the new man, that thing is nonsense. It's, it's just nothing. It's vapor. It's just that. And uh, it is so beautiful because God takes us back again to that place of rest. That place in which he saw everything was perfect and he was able to rest. And one of the things that I really believe is that when he rested, he didn't rest it because he was muscle tired. Let, just consider about that. He is the God Almighty. Why he needed rest. And if he was needing rest, then what is his rest? What his rest really looks like. And the truth is that you will find that he made man in the sixth day. And he could make 
He could make us old, you know, all humanity, not just Adam and Eve. He could make all humanity in day one and just make us watch how he was made in everything. So we will just fall on our knees, you know, and whoa, you're so powerful and you're so great and you're so mighty. But he decided to create us just in the sixth, sixth day. So we have everything already settled. And it's like when you arrive here at church every Sunday morning, everything is settled. But you don't see what happens, you know, hours before. And that's God. That's so God. He loves to be like that, you know. Prepare everything. He set a table, you know. The war is around. Everything is noisy. Everything is loud. You are like, ah, this is never going to happen. And finally just, he just takes the veil and everything is ready. And that's the way he always likes to be with you. That's the way he wants to show you he is for you. He has a table he has everything established, and you will made it. You will made it. You will made it. I will made it. <laughs> Thank God for that. So I, I really believe that we were created for God's rest. Because this is the thing. When he rested, when he wanted to rest, he just created men. And there we have, you know, men, new creation, brand new He's totally perfect. He, can, he has a lot of potential, but that God didn't want him to work in the very first day of existence. He wanted him to picnic with him in the first day of existence. And I believe that memory is down there in our own selves. You know, that memory of God resting with us, just chilling with us, walking in his new creation is inside of us. And all of us miss it so much all of us are just calling for it and we don't even know it but we are crying for it and this is so powerful that God wants you to understand his rest because this is one of the paradoxes he lives in you know I believe God is a God of paradoxes he is the God almighty but somehow he decided to put boundaries to himself when it when it comes to me he is all perfect, he is all powerful, but he will never manipulate me, control me, or just be bully on me. He is perfect with my no things. What? What is that? Yes, that's a paradox. So we can totally say God is all able and he's almighty, but when it's about you, he decided to be in a different mood with you. Because it's all about love. And love has to be free. It cannot be imposed. It cannot be obligated. It cannot be violent. It has to be voluntarily given. And that's why when we just look at him, he's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> because we could... Continue our whole lives just looking somewhere else. And uh, one of the powerful things about Jesus' ministry happens about this. I think he came to restore God's rest. And the Pharisees and the religious people in his day couldn't understand the true meaning about God's resting. They thought it was about inactivity. But it was way more than that. 
it was just about a relationship. It was more about a companionship. It was more about everything being on the place. Everything being whole. That is the true meaning about rest in God's heart. So in Mark chapter 2, verse 27 and 28, again, Jesus is like or prefer to do his greatest miracles always in Saturdays. For some reason that it is pretty clear, pretty, pretty obvious for us today, Jesus decided to do a lot of his miracles on Saturday. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27 and 28 says, Then he said to them, the Sabbath, the Sabbath, sorry, was made for men, not men for for Sabbath. So the Son of Man is the Lord even of Sabbath. He was, he was telling to the Pharisees, hey, 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 you, you guys are not getting it. Hey, Tato, you are not getting it. This whole meeting, this whole meeting is not about just rules and being established or putting things in order. It's, it's, it's about relationship. It's about resting. It's about being able to be with him and commingle with him and he with us. And he has promised us that we will find rest. He said, hey, if you are labored, if you are not having a good time, just come to me. Learn from me that I am meek and lovely of heart. And you, will, you will shall, and you shall find rest into your souls. You will find rest into your souls. And... Uh, he was talking to, 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 to the Israelites. He was saying, you thought that your rest was a promised land, a geographical place. Or, you know, it is like California was not good, so let's jump to Texas. Colombia was not okay, so let's go to Austin. It's not about a geographical place. It's not about a religious norm or a book, you know, with certain rules. It's about... Being with him and being able to connect with his eyes and understand a brighter mind than ours and a better heart than ours. And uh, this is one of the things that really impacted me the most when he was able to tell them, you know, you need to understand that you were not created for Saturday. <laughs> Saturday was created for you. You need to understand that I am the Lord of this Saturday. I am the Lord of the rest. You will not find rest anywhere else. And I wish I had better words trying to explain myself what I feel inside of my heart. But I feel sometimes so unable to do it. Because I know it's much more than I'm able to express to you. God wants you to rest. And if... If the best way you can describe that is a beautiful beach, you know, a warm weather and a piña colada in your hand, you can think about that or else, but always imagine him with you there. Him. Him. Because it's about him. It's about him resting. That's why he sanctified seventh day. He separated the seventh day. Because was his special day for him and his bride. Was his day for him and his children. And uh, 
he created us and he placed us in Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and verse 18, uh, sorry, 15, says that he placed us in Eden, Garden of Eden. And the, the meaning of the word Eden, the word Eden means the house of God's pleasures. And you don't need to believe me, you can share it for yourself. Google is such an amazing thing, you can do it even now if you want it. The house of God's pleasures. When God was thinking about us, he was thinking about pleasure. When God was thinking about you, he was thinking about pleasure. And I found this very interesting. And probably you guys don't have this problem around here. I, I used to have it. For me, the word God and the word love in the same sentence was okay. was perfect. That was so good for me. It was like, whoa, yeah, that's, that's, that's me, Lord. Thank you. But the word God and the word pleasure in the same sentence was like, whoa. That, that, I, don't, I don't think that it, that can be there, you know. It is like a, this little Catholic inside of me probably that was fighting against it. I'm sorry if anybody is Catholic here. I don't mean to offend you. I'm just talking about myself. I was, I was feeling guilty about thinking about God and pleasure in the same in the same sentence because for me there is there is there is suffering that has to take place when you are walking with God there is this idea of being a martyr every time you know being you know somebody that is going always to be dying and dying and paying a price and suffering and sweating and working and struggling but that has a season. And God is often telling me, you know, there is a time for everything. Yes, there are times when you will have to suffer. There are times when you will have to work. There are times when you are going to die for certain things. But there are times for pleasure. And there are times for rest. And there are times for you and I. There are times. And we are so easy distracted when those times come. Because we, we get used to all, all our religious stuff, all our, you know, rules stuff. And we forget about the pleasure. And I'm so glad the way Dave started the meeting today. Because actually it's what the Bible says. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Forever. We are not going to be in an endless church meeting in heaven. You have to get ready for pleasure. Only one person got it. Thank God. Thank God. I'm going to say it again. We have to get ready for pleasure. Yes. I don't know about you guys. I like pleasure. And I discovered in my own struggles that temptation is always looking for a legal way to grab, your, to grab you, to get hold of you. Nobody will receive a fake bill of $30 because they don't exist. The real ones, they don't exist. So nobody's going to pay you with a $30 bill. You have to be really aware of the $100 bill. Because that one exists. 
So you need to start being really good in discovering or discerning what is the real $100 bill and which one is the counterfeit. Because the enemy is always, he will always try to have a hundred counterfeit dollar bill. He's never going to try to make a one dollar counterfeit bill because you cannot avail it much with that. <laughs> well, he used to probably like in 1800s, but now, now he is looking for the hundred ones. So you will find yourself that you are always going to be tempted in the pleasure area. Because that's pretty much what we were created for. You can probably, you are not agreeing totally with me in this morning. It is okay. Just think, just consider. Probably you were created for God's pleasure. Probably. And all this thing is about God fighting for his glory. Simple as that. Probably. And uh, in the middle of that, that's why I want to start talking about healing and physical healing, talking about God's pleasure, talking about God rest, talking about God relationship, and talking about you being the center of God wellness, being the center of God purposes to touch your body as long with your mind, as long with your emotions, as long with your spirit, yes, touching your body. And probably we have not entered into a dimension in a relationship with the Lord. I know it sounds weird talking about dimensions, but I don't know how to put it. Layers, you know, steps. There is probably a dimension in our relationship with the Lord that we have not entered yet we, just because we don't believe in it. And we, because we are not looking at him that way. You could live daily basis a pleasure type of life. Pleasant. Pleasant. And uh, that has to do with healing. Jesus loves to heal in Saturdays because it was his day. It was the day when he was like, oof, this is my day. So I can just go and do my will because it's my day. So somebody has been crippled for 30-some years, just be healed. Somebody has been blind, so be healed. Somebody has been, you know, demon-possessed, be released. It, he, he loved to do that. He loved to do that because he was enjoying his day and bringing rest to his father. So this is the, one of the most important things that I want you to understand about physical healing. When somebody gets healed, it's not just that person that gets relief. Actually, God gets relieved. So that's the first idea I want you to put in your heart. Just for you to start believing this. Not only God can heal, he wants Father, forgive us for have this wrong idea that somehow you just want us to endure pain. You don't need us more holy. Jesus made us holy already. Pain doesn't make anybody holy. Thank 
Thank you, Jesus. I have to carry on. <laughs> there is a thing about God wanting to touch his people, and Jesus really was into this. You know, he took 12 men, then he took 70, then he took 120, and he taught them to do this. He gave them clear instructions. You are now going to do this. And he sent them two by two to different towns, and you're going to heal everyone. He, he didn't say, heal most of them. He didn't say, heal the ones you can. He said, heal them all. And he sent them, you know. And he gave them clear instructions, and he didn't send them once, but he sent them like three times. And the exciting thing is that every time they return to Jesus, they will always return with the same report. Woo! All of them were getting healed. All of them were getting released. All of them were made in they were made whole again. And they were jumping and shouting and laughing. And Jesus was, that's one of the few times that you can actually see Jesus celebrating and jumping and laughing and smiling in a really exuberant way. When you go to the original expression in Greek, it says that Jesus was laughing out loud, that he was like jumping and celebrating with them. And at the end, he said, you know, that, but don't, do not rejoice just about that. Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. That means it's pleasure around the corner, baby. And we're going there. We are going there. But... Apparently, Jesus didn't go to the same pastoral school that we pastors today go. Because we as mentors, sometimes we, <laughs> we, do not, we, we, we don't know how to move in certain ways. He was just a master to move in, you know. Because I don't know how, you, how would you think about your pastor. What would you think about your pastor if at least in five different times in your whole process of being, you know, raised up and formed and struck, like in five different times, he will look at you and say, like, you little faith. <laughs> if, Dave that, if Dave does that to me, probably I will be like, excuse me? Take a little bit of, you know, like... That teenager attitude, <laughs> you know, it's like talk to the hand, you know. <laughs> but Jesus often say to his kids, you know, to his boys, "Hey, what, what's what's wrong with you guys? Where is your faith? What happened with your faith? Haven't I shown you this before?" Haven't you seen this before? Hey, how many, how many people we feed last time? And the next time? So why are you worried about bread right now? How many times God had multiplied resources out of the blue? How many times? How many times has he healed you or healed somebody close to you? How many times? Anyway, when he speaks about the last days, one of his concerns, Jesus said, is, is there is going to be any faith around when I return? Because God is asking for something from us. There is a posture that we have to 
start getting used to and comfortable with about healing. The right posture is explained to us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, what it says. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It says without faith is impossible to please God. It, it didn't say without faith is very hard. It doesn't say it without faith. Probably you will, you will get it twice or three times. No, it, it, was, it, it says without faith it is impossible. It is impossible. It is no way. It is no way to please God. And that word please is pretty interesting. It's the Greek word. Uh, I, I hope you understand I don't speak Greek. So I will do my best. It's the Greek word eurasteo. I had to use my Colombian accent trying to be able to pronunciate it. Because I use, if I use the English, probably I will get it totally wrong. Eurasteo. And that word eurasteo, actually, they are, they are two words. And those two words are eu, that means well or, or a lot or plenty. And the other word, aresco, that means pleasure, please, please. So, I don't know you, but one day I was like, so that means that I actually, I, in my mortal life, you know, in my daily basis, in my, you know, ABCs, I can give a lot of pleasure to God with my limited resources in the 21st century. This Colombian guy that doesn't have much or cannot compete with many, can I actually give pleasure to an eternal God? And not just that, that will be counted and stored for eternity as an eternal treasure forever? It is like, wow! Wow! What? Why, 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 didn't, why didn't I knew that before? It is like, with faith, I can give pleasure to the most beautiful being in the whole universe. Pleasure. A lot. It, it doesn't say just pleasure. It says a lot of pleasure. Because he didn't use just that other word, that aresco. <laughs> he didn't use that word. He used eurasteo. A lot of pleasure. Now, if we, as you know, mortal and sinful people, pleasure is a, lot, a whole deal for us. You know, it's like the pleasure of a work well done. You know, it, that feels so good. Yeah, I did it good. Finally made it. And I could. I was able to make an achievement, something that really was hard for you, and you finally got it. That gives you pleasure. And when you are hungry and you arrive and there is this good table, you know, like with this international chef or whatever. And you taste things that you never have tasted in your whole life. And you're like, 
I didn't know that flavor existed at all. You know, it's like, wow, pleasure. And when you are finally married and you have the opportunity to be with your spouse and to love each other and minister each other, and you are like, wow. I think you're getting the point. I just want one thing in my life. I want God saying, Tato. My, my. He won't say, my God. You know, he will say like, my, my. Thank you, Tato. Thank you. If we feel pleasure the way we feel pleasure, can you try to imagine a little bit how the perfect being without seeing eternal being feels pleasure? You can do that to him. There is only one way. There is only one way. Faith. So this is the other thing that I want to give you today about physical healing. You don't need to heal anyone. <laughs> it doesn't say that healing brings pleasure to him. It says that faith. You don't have to heal anyone. You just have to believe. Believe. It's not my job to heal anyone. My call in life is to believe that he can heal and confess the healing, declaring healing. That's my job. So when I'm in the street and I see somebody in crushes and it's working with crushes and the Holy Spirit touches my heart and I'm like, oh, it's embarrassing. It's like, this is hard. What are they going to think about me? It's like, who cares? It's pleasure time, baby. Yeah, I'm needing you now. Work with me. You know? And I'm like there in the middle of that fight, you know, the Holy Spirit touching my heart, that person in crush is walking away from me. And I'm like, oh, no way, no way. Okay, okay, forgive me. Next time, I promise. I promise. I, I have done it hundreds of times. <laughs> and I say, next time, I promise, around the corner, this other guy, you know, with a casket. And Today? Yeah. Okay. So I promise him next time. So I'm like, oh, okay. It's okay. I thought that when I went there, say, excuse me, can I, you know, I noticed that you are in pain. Something happened. Can I just pray for you? I thought that when I was praying and the guy was taking the casket out and moving the arm and everything, that was the moment when God was in heaven like, yeah, yeah. Now I realize that he's not there. It's when I'm, okay, okay, I believe. Whew. In that moment is when God is in heaven like, <laughs> Thank you, Tato. Thank you. Thank you. 
Can you just give God an applause in this morning? Yes, this is to you. It's so good to know. It's so good to know. Yes, Lord. Yeah, you don't need to heal anyone. You just have to believe. And when you believe, you know that there is this thing about love. In Proverbs, there is, there is one proverb that it says that it's better a manifested hate than a secret love. I, he, he wasn't saying that you should hate, you know, in such a way that the people will notice it. <laughs> he was saying you should love in a way that the people will notice it. When you love somebody, let that person know. Find a way that person is going to finally understand that you love that person. It's what actually the Bible is encouraging us to do. That's why the Apostle James was saying faith without works is void. It's void. It's not that through works we earn salvation. No, 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 no. It's because we love and we believe that we work. We don't do works so we can earn heaven. We do works because we love the person that lives there, you know, and here. So this is the thing about love. I found that love is able to do much more than just religion. I know that religion tells you that you should tithe. Love yells at my heart that I have, give my, I have to give my 100%. I know religion says you should not commit adultery. My love and relationship inside of me says, if you just look and covet, you're missing the point. Love is way more than just norms or rules. Love abounds. So when you are in a love relationship and you see somebody hurting, you know that that hurts him. You want to bless him and you want to bless that person. You just believe. And you look for opportunities. So there are practical keys to understand how we can do it. And the, the best way is look at Jesus. He was the, be the best example is Jesus. And one of the things that I noticed about Jesus' healings is that he didn't pray hard. <laughs> he wasn't like, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. I just, come on, flu, go away. I rebuke you. I, he was, you know, like, be free, be healed, you know, be well. Like, so what about start to believe in healings that just happened with you just declaring it, with you just touching it? Would you just move him toward that? There is something that happened in Matthew chapter 17, verse 19, that is really powerful. And, and the whole, this, this whole testimony is really impacted for me. Uh, and it says like this, Matthew 17, verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked him, why couldn't we drive out this spirit? Why we couldn't drive him out? Let me, let me tell you the whole story to get you in, cost, in context. The disciples were praying for a kid that it was demon-possessed. And sometimes when the demon manifested, the kid was, you know, like having all these kind of 
shakings and wanting to jump to the fire or to the water or harming himself. And his father was really concerned about his son. And this is one of the most beautiful things about this miracle. It's just about a family. It's about a father. It was an important thing for him. It was not just one more miracle. It was everything for him. Everything. And he looks for the best, you know, healing force in history. The disciples. Jesus' disciples. Nowhere in history you, ha you, have, you, you can find 120 people doing miracles in the regular day, you know, on the daily basics. So he looks for them and he says, you know, this is going on with my son. And they pray for him and he was not healed. And the Pharisees start arguing with the disciples, looking for theology to find out what he was not healed. <laughs> and Jesus came. And he heard them arguing. And he said, like, hey, what is going on? And the father explained to Jesus what was happening. And Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and some other people around, probably his own disciples, like, how long do I have to endure your lack of faith? You have seen it before. So he prayed for him and he was instantly delivered. He was totally healed. I know you know the miracle. I know you know the answer because the disciples were looking for Jesus and asking him why we couldn't. But for you it was so easy. And his answer was, there are certain kinds with, that only with prayer and fasting, you know, they are going to happen. And, of course, prayer and fasting are really powerful. I don't want to diminish that. But somehow we came out with a formula out of this. And we have, we as humans have this tendency, you know, to make everything a formula. We like the one, two, three steps. We want the ABC. Show me how I can be, you know, how can I have something that... I can always relate on. And that's the most beautiful thing about Jesus. He never healed a person twice the same way. He never did it. And I'm like, what? Yeah, he never did it. Sometimes he spit. And he was healed. If he always was healing people by a spit, I can assure you today we will have the Holy Spirit Church. We will. We would. Totally. And we, are you the speeding ones? No, we don't believe in the speed. Ah, we do believe in the speeding. So we go to heaven before you. It is like we are that way. We love formulas. Sometimes he speed directly to the mouth of a man. Some other time in the ground and made mud and put it in the ice. Some other times he just released the word. Sometimes he just touched and said nothing. Sometimes he, he, he was all the time, you know, looking for different ways. And I believe he was doing it that in purpose so we don't got tied up with a formula. But somehow we tied up ourselves with this one. Pray and fasting. But what I want you to consider today about this verse is not the pray and, fast and fasting answer. I just want you to consider this. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked him. In private. In private. So here we have, you know, the most powerful healing people in the planet. 
Nobody knew a force like them before. And it was so powerful to them, that circumstance, because for the, for the very first time, they saw that a miracle didn't happen. It was the totally opposite to what happened to our daily lives. When we are like, Ooh, it happened. Hallelujah. <laughs> for them, it was like, why this thing is not working? Why is he doesn't get healed, you know? So it was so powerful for them, so bizarre that he was not relieved that they took Jesus apart. And that's the third thing I want to just leave you in consideration today. Keep believing, keep praying, keep asking for healing. When healing doesn't happen, do not quit there. Take Jesus in private and ask him, why is not? Why is this thing not working? What do I have to do? Is, is, is there something can I, that I can do? And try it again. If it doesn't happen, take Jesus in private and ask him, what, what do I need to do different from now? My final point today that I want to bring into your consideration is about the power of perseverance. In James chapter 5, verses 17 to 18 says, Elijah was a human being even as we are, even as Tato is. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced it. It's crops. This history is pretty interesting. We don't have the time to consider all the facts. It's really rich. It's really beautiful. And I see myself a lot in Elijah because it says that he was a normal human being, as Tato is. So if Elijah could, Tato can. <laughs> That's actually the message of Elijah's ministry. If, if he did it, Anyone can do it. It's, it's like the, you know, miracle lives for dummies. Just life Elijah, read about Elijah, and you will find yourself easily there. And uh, Elijah, it says that he prayed earnestly, and the rain stopped for three and a half years, and he prayed again, and it started raining again. But when you know the story, you know that something happened between those three and a half years. There was a, God, a process of God in Elijah's heart that was really powerful. That when he came the very first time and said, hey guys, there is not going to be any more rain until I say. Until I say. And he didn't pray like seven, eight. He just said it once. And the rain stopped. When when there is a process that God is starting, probably we can see a lot of healings and miracles happening immediately. But that doesn't mean that we are okay. And at the end of the process, after three and a half years, and his heart was totally changed and impacted with God's love and God's relationship. And at the end, he didn't say, it's going to rain when I say. Actually, God made that point clear to him saying, you know what? It's going to rain when I say. And he sent Elijah. And now he is depending. He's trusting. He understands that healing is not about a formula. 
Healing is about a person. It's about him. And he arrives and he prayed for rain and nothing happens. So he prayed for rain again and nothing happens. So he prayed for rain again and nothing happens. Then he prayed for rain and nothing happens. And he prayed for rain and nothing happened. You know the story. Seven times. I don't know about you. Probably I, in the third or fourth time, I will say, okay, it's not God's will. It's, it's, it's just not his desire for that. And probably I will quit. But he continued going because he knew God's will. He wants to. He wants to bring rain. So my, my job is not to bring the rain. My job is to pray for the rain. So he continued, he continued, he continued, he continued until he saw just one prophetic sign, just a cloud, a small cloud, and he knew the rain is coming. The thing here is that when you are praying for somebody to be healed, why don't you pray again if the person doesn't get healed? Why not just try it again? Why don't you give another, another shot? Uh, why not another shot? And why not another shot? Even Jesus had to pray twice for one person. He prayed for a blind man, you know, Mark chapter 8, verse 22. He just prayed for him. And when he got his sight again, he looked man like trees. So he had to pray for him again. And when he prayed for him again, he was totally healed. So even Jesus had to pray twice for a person. <laughs> I think I can pray twice or seven times. The thing here is we are not warlocks. And Jesus is not a warlock. In, a, in our humanity, we love the power and the supernatural and the fancy thing. Jesus always linked Miracles without relationship. He's never doing things just to do. Ta-da! When he does something, he's looking for you. Just one. Just one look. Just look at him. Just, just one of your eyes. That's all I need. There is a powerful testimony video that I would just want to show you. So if you can look at the screen, please. Hi, I'm PJ Lang, and this is my story of healing. In June of 2017, I was coming off a divorce. Um, I have had three children at the time, and uh, had just learned that I'd been laid off from my job. I had been feeling run down and tired and decided to go and uh, get a checkup. Uh, got a panicked phone call from my doctor who said, go to the nearest emergency room as quickly as possible. Um, I did, uh, only to discover that uh, I was in late stage of leukemia. Uh, I was admitted to the oncology wing. Um, all my family came in to see me and be with me, and they started laying the groundwork to test people for bone marrow matches, and um, I was pretty much at a low point. Uh, lying in bed, looking at my kids, wondering if uh, they were going to have a father. 
Over the course of the week, they did bone marrow biopsies, they ran all kinds of tests. At some point, uh, my oncologist came in and said, hey, we've seen some weird results on a test. Um, we're gonna have to run more tests, um, but um, this is an interesting development in your case. Um, and basically, we just prayed. Um, everyone prayed. Renovate Community prayed. Everyone was praying. Um, the oncologist came back and said, hey, I've got interesting news. You have one of the rarest forms of leukemia. Um, but the good news is, is that there is a miracle drug, uh, a targeted therapy that has been developed for it. And it works for about half the people, so we're going to try it on you. Um, they did, and I did respond to it. And I was released from the hospital and sent home and um, really started the, the physical healing. Um, on the spiritual side, I still had a lot of work to do. I was very rattled and shaken by everything that I had gone through. Um, and I had to push in very hard to God, um, really just to kind of make it through my days. I was dealing with PTSD and, and other things. Um, but I pushed through, continued um, taking my meds, getting uh, life going again. Um, and then later on, um, had two unfortunate things happen. Um, one of my children got seriously injured, which was devastating for the family. Um, and then my strongest supporter, um, my rock, that one person who loved me unconditionally, my mom uh, got sick and passed away. Um, so again, where I thought I had already hit a low point in my life, um, I hit an even lower point. Um, and what that forced me to do was turn to God even more. Um, I got to the point where I was reliant on God even to get out of bed in the morning and take a breath. Um, that's, that's really the only thing that, uh, that kept me alive, kept me going at that point. Um, but an interesting thing happens when you turn everything over to God and you are fully and completely reliant on him. I started to experience this internal emotional healing despite everything that I had gone through and this physical external healing. My leukemia went undetectable. Um, I started to make uh, emotional breakthroughs and uh, over time uh, my uh, leukemia remained undetectable. And one day I got a call from my oncologist and she said, hey, we're gonna try to suspend your medicine. And I was like, wait, I thought you said I would have to be on this for the rest of my life. And the medicine had some rough side effects like causing issues thinking and it made you tired. Um, and she's like, well, the latest research shows that some people can come off of it and um, they do okay. And so about seven months ago, we suspended my targeted therapy for the leukemia. And uh, I am happy to report that I have been in treatment-free remission since that time. And I have never been happier or um, more uh, in, in love with my faith and God and um, 
this life that he's given me to, to go and serve his purposes. So that's my story. Thank you so much. Give Jesus an applause. Hallelujah. I will ask the worship team and the prayer team to be ready. <laughs> In different countries where I can, I have, have been able to serve the Lord, I have seen all sorts of physical, wild physical healings, you know, tumor, tumors getting dissolved just in front of me, people with the eyes totally, you know, like one in one direction, another in another direction, totally coming straight. I have seen blind people recovering the sight. I have seen deaf people recovering the earring. I have seen people without the ability to smell, to receive again that capacity. I have seen hundreds and hundreds of miracles many times. I consider myself so fortunate to be able to see him doing that on a daily basis. I still... Fighting in my faith with flu. For some reason, when I pray, pray for somebody with flu, nothing happens. So if you have a flu, don't look for me to pray for you. You can look for somebody else, but uh, <laughs> this is hard. But I still ask him, why? I want, I want to see a miracle in flu. I have, I have prayed twice for resurrection. Not happened yet, but it's going to happen. I know it's not easy to come close to a, somebody that just lost a relative and ask him, will you allow me to pray for resurrection? I know it's not easy. But it's not my job to resurrect anyone or to heal anyone. My job is to believe and pray. Can you just stand up, please? What about if we start walking in our daily basis in the miracle power of healing, physical healing restoration as a Jesus bride in our streets? What about that? If you are willing to accept this challenge, there are just five simple things that I want you to give, you know, like a instruction for you to do it. First one. Remember, it's not your job to heal. Second one, smile always. We, we have this tendency to do this religious phase when we are going to pray for a miracle, you know. Just a smile. So the person is going to feel, you know, like there's nothing wrong going to happen. Because many people doesn't know nothing about Jesus. So just a smile. Because you are Jesus' face for that person. Third, short prayer. Don't take half an hour praying for, for a stranger in the street. Try to believe. God, you can do it in five seconds. You can do it in ten seconds. I don't need to take more time from this person. Four, don't close your eyes or people will think you're strange. You know, like weird. Just get used to pray with open eyes. And five, just believe. If today you are here and you have like a physical issue or a disease and a problem, thank you, PJ, so much for 
sharing your testimony. As I shared months ago over here, I was totally healed of diabetes. I believe God can heal. If you are here, just raise, raise your hand. Let us know that you're needing a prayer today. Don't, don't feel, you know, like, uh, do not feel afraid. I, I believe God just wants to touch you. If you need any kind of touch, just raise up your hand. And I will ask the people around you, take a look. Can you see these beautiful people that has their hands up? Can you just come close to them and lean your hands to them? We're going to pray for healing. And God is going to use you to heal them in this morning. I see right here somebody else is needing. Michael, can you pray for Willie? Uh, and can, I, can somebody pray for Willie? Um, Juan? Uh, yeah, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Remember, just believe you are not the healer. Jesus is the healer. You just release the word. God just revealed something to me, and he said, you know, there's people that need a healing spiritually, and their heart needs to be healed. And I just started thinking about all the people in my life that have walked away from God, or maybe they're in a different lifestyle. And he said, you've been praying for them to get saved, but I need you to pray to heal their heart. Their heart's broken. Something's happened, maybe in their childhood or whatever. Something came in. There was a detour. And I need you to pray for healing spiritually. And it was just a revelation. I'm like, wow. Not that I'm praying the wrong thing, but God, heal, heal their heart. And maybe there's somebody you're thinking of right now that's walked away from God. Maybe they're in a different lifestyle. Maybe you want to raise your hand and say, I have someone I want to pray for. God, that you would heal their heart spiritually. Heal their mind, Lord. Lord, as we think about somebody right now in our mind, I pray right now that you would touch their heart. You would heal them. Heal them spiritually. Lord, untie the knot that's in their gut that has caused them to detour. I just pray for supernatural healing right now, Father. If you, if you need prayer for anything, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, like a physical healing. We have our prayer team here in front. You know, Tammy's here. Teresa and Kylie are here. We would love to pray for you. We're going to close our meeting, you know, with a time of worship. And uh, you will be dismissed. But if at the end you want to just stay here because you want to receive some more ministry, or you want us to pray for you, you are more than welcome. The altar is open, and we would love to pray for you. We really love to pray for you guys. So let us pray for the, for these healings. Just put your hands in the, in, the, in this in this uh, beautiful people and just believe with me, Father. These sicknesses do not exist in the kingdom of heaven. Your kingdom is here. We speak healing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You can start just testing and trying to find out if if it is okay. And remember, the altar is open. So let us just be dismissed with a worship song. <laughs> Thank you.
Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.